0: A men's Gaelic football team are put through their paces Like training sessions throughout the country theirs is a mix of well-worn drills and good-natured banter
1: Okay, when you get to the second cone just turn on a kick pass in
0: Except this isn't Ireland The thing is While we've all heard of GAA clubs the length and breadth of the country, unable to field teams because their younger players have emigrated, it recently occurred to me that the flip side of this must surely be that clubs abroad are benefiting from this outflow. Which is why I find myself on a balmy autumn Wednesday evening in a very noisy public park on the outskirts of Stockholm watching Sweden's top GAA football team the Stockholm Gales, as they put in some light training ahead of the upcoming weekend's final one-day tournament of the annual Scandinavian Championships. If my hunch is correct, over the next few days, I'll see some of the positive impact of our young people's leaving first-hand. Taking a break to observe his teammates who've dominated the competition of late is one of the club's founders and its undoubted driving force, Dubliner Philip O'Connor.
2: This is the final training session before we all get in the bus and drive down to Malmo on Friday evening and uh, try and take back this trophy that we've won for the last two years. So we're going for three in a row. That's
1: good boys, we're playing the run far better
0: where you normally train?
2: Yeah, but it's usually not this noisy, but, uh, you know, this being the end of the summer now. We have people there sort of filling up hot air balloons. We have an Australian rules team. We have uh, guys playing frisbees. And part of this is the problem that we have, that we've basically got the sort of same level of status as darts in this country, which is, you know, it makes it very, very difficult to find places to play. The city are good. They let us play here, but you may very well find somebody with a hot air balloon in the
0: middle of your pitch. OK, just, just and you
1: get
0: Another co-founder, the Gales' currently injured midfielder, is Antrim-born Niall Scullion, who, amidst the understandable optimism, has some last-minute words of caution.
1: Right, that is our last training session before, before the weekend, and it's the last round of the championship this weekend, and we all know the position we're in. It's, basically, it's ours to throw away, and that's what we definitely don't want to do, OK? Now, we've, worked, we've worked really hard to be in the position we're in. It's the best position we've ever been in going into the last round. We're 100% at the minute. We've never had a season. This is our third season in the Championship. We haven't had a clean sweep. We've always lost one of the tournaments in the year. Okay. We want to take all three this year. We want to go down here this weekend and make sure that we do come back up with a clean sweep.
0: Logistics, meanwhile, are the responsibility of third co founder, forward and carryman, Colin Courtney.
3: Whoever's taking the bus is leaving at 4 o'clock, Friday, from the Dubliner. I think the draw hasn't been sent out yet, but I think we're, we're up against Malmo first. Um, so, That's straight into the cauldron. Um, Malmo are going to have a strong team. There's six teams in the championship. There's going to be two groups of three. Um, it's the first time. It's the biggest one we've had so far, the biggest tournament. So, it's going to be tough, lads. There's going to be a lot of strong teams down there. Good stuff, boys. Left, it. Let's All right. go for them. Cheers, lads. Good session. One. Wow.
2: 200 drabbade efter vinstbranden i Skarpneck kan flytta tillbaka. Klockan är halv fem. Det här är ett toppavsnitt.
1: I'm Det
0: Friday morning, and it's breakfast time in the O'Connor, Stockholm household.
1: I said I don't want yoghurt, why is there a in front of me?
0: Philip, a freelance journalist, has lived in Sweden for over 13 years, and as seems to be the case with many of the club's menfolk, he came here originally for the love of a good woman. What
1: time is your mother coming to collect money? Um, Three ish, because I said you're leaving yesterday, so that means she's coming at three.
0: This morning, as he and his Swedish wife, Maria, are getting their two young daughters ready for school, he recalls the club's early uncertain days. I was actually here about 10 years or so before we set it up. I've been here 13
2: years we set it up about three years ago. Now, we tried beforehand a couple of times to set it up, but again, you didn't have the, sort of, the level of the Irish community here. You had lads who were working at night who weren't able to try, weren't able to do these things. So it took a long time for all the bits to fall into place because not only that, you're living in a new country, you don't know how things work. Where do I get a pitch? OK, I want to train on that football pitch that's sort of 600 metres from here. How do I book that? How do I, what do I pay for it? What's it going to cost me? Can I book it as a private person or do I have to be a club? So you have to be able to answer all these questions first because this society, it works very, very well. But it works very, very well because there's a million and one rules before you do anything. And these were all the things that we had to do. And like everything else that I had to get to know people, I had to find, you know, 10 or 12 other people who were interested in doing this with me and who were willing to commit to this with me. And that, it took a long time before I met people who were in a position to be able to do that.
1: What did she say? I just gave her half as long as it was just, I don't
2: know. And then what happened was it kind of like, you know, a Python-esque thing whereby I put up a poster in one of the pubs and I was looking for players to play Gaelic football and Colin Courtney did it at the same time. It was kind of like the People's Front of Gaelic Football and the Gaelic pe- Football People's Front. And then we sort of said, okay, we had very, even the email addresses were very, very similar. So we said, look, there's no sense in setting these things up in competition, so we would get together. So Colin is over here working for one of the Swedish banks as a consultant. And with him, there were several other Irish lads. Those guys wanted to play as well. So we all ended up getting together and we sort of put it out in those channels that we knew, you know, through the posters and the pubs, and eight of us turned up for the first time at the yard at the, where we were training the other night at that American football goal and we got together and it was amazing. It was like we put out the cones and we started doing hand passing drills and it literally was like somebody had just pressed rewind and brought you back to being sixteen at the yard school reach pitch just there on the Malahide Road and it was just it was incredible. <laughs>
1: Det är och och de, de en sån här biljetterna i dagarna. Men det kostar att ha en sån biljetterna.
2: The real interest for me came when I had children first because I figured, okay, you know, they're growing up in Sweden, so they're going to get the Swedish part. They're going to get their mother's heritage and culture there. They're not going to get mine living in Sweden unless I do something about it. And Gaelic games is a big part of my upbringing. I mean, the day I was born, my father went to Crow Park that afternoon. Uh, so, like, that's always been a part of who we were. That's where we went when we were kids. Some of my earliest memories is my mother tying a Dublin scarf around my neck for my father to bring me down there. And those, I wanted them to understand that, not necessarily that my children would ever play the games, but just that they would know where that came from and the only way to do that is through a club. Well,
1: it all depends on whether your behaviour is
4: up until then,
0: doesn't it? Are you aware of the role the recession in Ireland has played in the Stockholm Gales?
2: I'd be very aware of it because I tend to be the point of contact. Like I'm kind of very visible, and I get emails, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, and they will say, "Look at, you know, I heard about the GAA abroad. You know, can I move to Sweden? Can I learn the language? Will I get by with just English? Is there building jobs over there? I'm a carpenter. I'm a bricklayer. Whatever." Often, fellows would say, "Oh well, I played junior football in Kildare, or I played hurling in Galway, or whatever," and that's their connection to the whole thing. So I'd be very, very aware of it.
1: For the funny funny house, for the funny
2: house I have nightmares of you know waking up one morning and there's only me and Courtney left and we can't feel the team at all and that kind of thing but you know, you'd know, you love to see it get better for people you'd love to see people be able to return home I almost feel guilty when I'm taking a player like Brendan Egan Brendan was over here studying he'd won the Seagerson Cup with DCU He's on, he played for Sligo this year in the Championship and we had him for a year last year top class players I'll never turn down fellas like that. That said, I would be delighted if they had the choice to go back home again. You know, so at the same time as I'm praying for a very very quick recovery in Ireland, I'm praying that there's still a few fellas want to stick around and play football with me. I have first aid kits in have Balls and, uh, and dirties. Balls and dirt by the most. We'll probably load up the van anyway because I want to get away as fast as possible. So uh, we might. Sean, will you yeah, grab these bags God. with me?
0: That afternoon, and those going by bus to Malmo gather at the Dubliner pub, the team's unofficial HQ. How are
3: you? Survive. Hi Peter.
2: Hey, do Hey, hey. Jesus, Swedish coming along, Michael. Oh. Sound like a native.
5: How long does it take to get to Malmo? Six get hours. Who's
2: driving, Brent? We should be, to? We should be there by
3: We're to
2: play about six hours, I
0: think. Ah, that's not too bad.
2: Brendan, where are
5: you playing tomorrow? Or has anybody spoken to you about where you're playing on the pitch tomorrow? Uh, they haven't really said no, but I'd say if I'm going to get a, get a bit of game play, i will be up front anyway. Uh, my name is Brendan Graham. I'm from uh, Banlaslow. I've been in Stockholm about 14 14 months now. Um, I lived in Australia for two years. So it was actually tomorrow, three years ago, that I I, I left Banneslaw to to move to to Australia. And then I I met my girlfriend uh, picking tomatoes in North Queensland, in the middle of nowhere, actually, really. And uh, ten months later, I was on a plane to Stockholm. I found it a bit hard to, to make friends here when I first came over, and I, I didn't want to just be going to the pub every weekend, desperate to find someone to, that was going to give me a job, like you know. And uh, it was true, Phil. He he always told me that we're not, it's not going to be a, a safety net for you, but it's going to be a springboard for you. That the club is going to try their best to find accommodation for you, and it's good to get talking to the lads that that have Swedish wives and and girlfriends, and they've d- went through all the stuff before and it's good to get a bit of advice off them and it's, it's, it's also like I started to miss home an awful lot like, and uh, just to have a bit of crack with the lads as well and make some friends is, is very important to me because now I don't really miss home as much as I used to now and I feel more like Stockholm is, is home for me now and uh, I'm happy enough to be involved with the club and happy enough to stay here for, for the long haul anyway Sean, how many of the
2: boys
5: that you work with
6: are in the club now? Oh, four of us, I think. Me, Colin, Dick. My name is Sean Coslow I'm from a place in Galway called Ballandrine I came over here about three months ago, and I'm working for Swedbank at the moment. And I've started playing football. Uh, I flew over here on a Sunday, and I was playing football by Tuesday. <laughs> I was kind of got lucky because I was living with Colin Courtney, and he's one of the managers of the team. And he just said, "Come on, come on down, and play, play football." Uh, I just wanted to go travelling Wanted to see somewhere, see the world see, see something different And I, I was told There's a job for me in Sweden And I just jumped at it straight away said why not I didn't want to go somewhere Somewhere like Australia Or US at the moment Because I just wanted to go somewhere different Somewhere away from home Somewhere Somewhere strange basically And just see, see A completely different Lifestyle basically And the irony of course Is that you've, yeah. you've, you've, You're, you're <laughs> playing You no playing football Is the irony yeah Do you think you'll stay I would stay for a good while, I anyway, know, but I would like to do a lot more travelling as well in the future. So I do love Ireland. I do love. I'm a big home bird, and I do like being home. And but I don't know what the future blends for me. Like I, I, I'll take it as it comes and see where we're going.
2: So when was the last time you played a game of football, Michael?
3: Uh, it was under fourteen. I, I we'd play now we played for Moy Davits. Play, sure. play would be an inverted comment. My name is Michael Doherty. I uh, come from uh, Foxford, Mayo, and I moved to Stockholm in uh, October of last year.
0: Did you know about the gales before you landed?
3: No, I knew the uh, say the more predominant Irish immigration spots had clubs, uh, of course, New York and London and Australia, and, and, and those clubs didn't know the Scandinavian had a league.
0: Why did you leave Ireland in the first place?
3: I graduated from UCD in uh, 2011 from architecture, which is kind of funny, when I started architecture it was one of the main, it was a very prosperous job, but by the time I'd left, pretty much there wasn't any chance of getting a job in, in Ireland per se, and um, well the thing was that I had met a Swedish girl in Dublin the year before, she's also an architect, and uh, she was doing her Erasmus in UCD. And we were together for uh, seven months, and then we're deciding like where I should go, where I'd move to, and then it just made sense. We might as well try Sweden. It's, this is, this is how I ended up talking. I came out here without any work. Uh, it took me about seven months to find a job here. It's very difficult when you don't speak the language, especially in architecture. All the consultants work through Swedish, and, but yeah, eventually I started my job last month, so. I think we'll be here for uh, a while.
0: As we near our destination, the rivalry between the Gales and their hosts for the weekend bubbles to the surface. I'm looking forward to
2: it now, especially the fact that we're going down to Malmo because there's always been a little bit of history between the two clubs as we started. They were the the top dogs when we came along. We knocked them off their perch and they kind of didn't really fancy it a whole lot. And for me... The first time I saw the Camden this year, I saw the last tournament was in Malmö. I was thinking, Jesus, if we're still in with a shout by the time we get down here, that would be something else. To win a third title on this pitch.
5: If we make it into the final, Phil, that should be uh, should be good enough, I think. Would it, would it be? Yeah,
2: that should be good enough, but at the same time, Bren, we've we've more or less been the dominant team the last two years, but we've never had a clean sweep. And as I say, having that sort of history with Malmo, and Malmo obviously think that they're going to win the tournament on home soil. They want that. We won their tournament the last time we were down there. And of course, we'd love to just take it off them. We'd love to win all three tournaments and say, OK, who is the best team in Scandinavia? You know, you want to have that argument again, you
1: know. We're,
2: we're I yeah. Dry dry. yeah. Are you using rugby goals there. Oh, this is the men's, and the w- women's
0: are over there. All right.
5: So
6: right. The, the men's already set up there. Yeah. You
0: good?
5: Yeah. I'm just going to fix up the goals yeah. there. I'll talk to you All, in. all, all right, cheers. Yeah. Let us sure. know a sure. hand. hand. i need a hand. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you get
0: them
6: out, Yeah, they're over there, yeah.
0: Saturday morning, and the Stockholm Gales arrive at Malmö's grounds. Stay are going to change here, yeah. like... What happens is we play on a tournament basis, right? Because of the, the
2: geographical location, you know, an away game when you're playing for your club in Dublin is a bus ride away. For us, it's a bus ride of 500 kilometres to Malmo. So we can't play home and away. So we play a selection of tournaments. So it's two groups of three. So we play two group games, a semi-final and a final. The group games are all 20 minutes each. They're 10 minutes a half. Uh, the same thing with the semi-final and in the final itself will be uh, fifty minutes a half so that's up to 90 minutes and it can go on You know, either way if you add in the the, the extra time here and there it's usually about 100 minutes of football you end up having to play now a Gaelic football club back home never plays more than 60 minutes and inter-county players play 70 minutes so we're playing a half an hour on top of that again and we wouldn't really be up to the levels of fitness that the top inter-county players or that the top club players have so it's a massive physical demand
0: Almost immediately, the men find themselves in the belly of the beast with their opening game against their arch rivals.. Right from the beginning, it's a close and hard-fought battle.
1: Get the. That's a great start, Carmen. Great play, Carmen. Great ball. Track it back, lads, Get your positions.
2: Let's go. It's a smaller pitch. We play with 11 a side because there's no pitches big enough. We tend to play on adapted soccer or rugby pitches because a gated football pitch is huge. They're 140 metres long, and your standard soccer pitch is about 100, 105 metres. And that 15 metres makes all the difference in terms of where you place your team. So we play 11 a side. We too
7: many men on
1: forward, lads. You back playing.
2: There's an awful lot more running to do. If you want to find space and the guy's right up against you, you have to keep moving your position all the time. If you stand still in European Gaelic football, you're dead. You can't afford to make a mistake. You can't afford to give the ball away because, you know, one kick of the ball, it could be up the other end. And instead of you scoring, the other team has scored on you. And you also don't have the time because it's only ten minutes each half to be sort of, you know, you can't go two or three or four points down. You're dead in the water.
7: Collins,
0: push up, push
7: up. Back in in here,
1: lads.
0: By late in the second half, it's still nip and tuck. With Stockholm leading by just two points and only a couple of minutes left on the clock, Malmo launch an all-out attack with just one thing on their minds, a winning goal. Now trailing by a point, the Gales quickly regroup. It's a close-run thing, but in the end, just a start the Gales need. Meanwhile, the Gales ladies team also get off to a winning start.
2: The ladies' football thing was uh, amazing. I mean, it was one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen in sport. Uh, we had set it up for the guys, and the next thing I got this angry phone call one day going, Okay, I've seen your new website, and uh, uh, there's nothing for the women. Are you not setting up a women's team or what? And the amazing thing was, there wasn't an Irish girl on the other end of the line, it was a Swedish girl on the other end of the
4: line. We have to get the passes a little bit more correct, alright? Don't just. My name is Anna Rungard, I am um, from the south of Sweden. Uh, I moved to Stockholm about two and a half years ago, and that time I was coming from Shanghai. I lived in Shanghai for uh, almost five years, and I started playing Gaelic football in Shanghai. Yes, it's uh, everyone are very surprised <laughs> when they hear that. But uh, I was uh, a student in Beijing for a year, and I was moving down to Shanghai. I didn't know anyone in Shanghai, really. So um, I I had an Irish friend in Beijing, and she told me, why don't you get in touch with the Gaelic football team in Shanghai? They have a really good crowd, and they will take good care of you. So I just went on, and I played for almost four years in Shanghai. So I got back from Shanghai and I really wanted to continue playing Gaelic football. So I started Googling, uh, trying to find a team in Stockholm and there was nothing, There was really nothing on the internet. And I thought, this is so strange. I found a team in, in uh, Gothenburg, there was one in Copenhagen. I couldn't read anything about the Stockholm team. So I, I found uh, an email address for a guy in Gothenburg and he gave me Phil's email address and his phone number. And then I set up my ladies team together with Phil and that's how it started. Uh, Compared to just two years ago, I think we've come really, really far. I think we have around 20, between 20 and 30 active players. We have a a mix of Irish and Swedish girls, and um, we have a great spirit in the team, and we keep recruiting new girls all the time. Today, we're playing very well. we played two games, and we won both of them so far. So, um, yeah, we're really improving.
0: By the end of the day, both the ladies and the men's teams have made their respective finals. But before entering the fray for the last time, while taking a well-earned break, some of the founders contemplate the impact the club has had off the playing field.
1: Do you know a perfect example of that? There is Lisa Bruton. Mm. She was here. I think she was here was ten or twelve years. Is so it? Here as long and as she as well. always said, whenever the gale started, that was the first time that she came together with like yourself. Mm. Like we were living here the same amount of time and didn't really know Lisa. Sure, Keith lived around the corner exactly. from me for two and a half years, and we never exactly. met. You so that, know? Look at them examples of a football team taking that together. Yeah. You know, That's the belief. not
2: only that, like the amount of emails we get from, from people coming over from Ireland, and it just creates an instant social network.
7: But even besides the football, I mean, there's so much more that happens with the club. I mean, for instance. I got my car through the clubs. Inadvertently, there's a lot of stuff uh, that is not related to GAA whatsoever that yeah, happens yeah. through the club. Yeah, I think people does. getting jobs, people getting houses, people getting accommodation. The best
2: one was the day Anna Rungard was moving. Do you remember that? She's moving an apartment. Yeah. And she said, oh, I'm going to have to get a moving firm. And I said, don't. So instead of that, I said, get two crates of beer and a whole bunch of pizzas and the lads will do it. And you can take the money you were going to get and just, you know, throw a few quid in the club kitty. Fair enough, says Rungard. And the next thing, there's 12
1: lads standing at the door and they're right, we're ready to go. <laughs> and they moved her from one... But did, did, to the was this, did they realise had a boyfriend at that stage? No, no, no. They also broke everything she you owned. Know, they turn to hit their hurdles the whole time. 1, two, three, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. As luck would have it, both
0: teams now face their deadliest foe, the tournament hosts Malmo, in their finals. And it's ladies first. It's two
2: shoulders we want to take home today and this is the fourth one, okay? So I hope we don't give it our best and we're bringing it
4: to we're here to win, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 1
1: <laughs>
2: 2
0: 3 oh, Go! <laughs> Despite some early setbacks, the Gales soon turn it around. the women run out comfortable winners by five points. (inaudible) At their very first attempt, they're now Scandinavian champions. Then, it's the turn of the men.
3: OK, just 30 seconds to do whatever you feel is stiff or sore from the day.
0: Having got to the final means, whatever the result, they too will go back to Stockholm tomorrow, as Scandinavian champions.
1: Well oh, he's the two twisly bad starters in these finals. This time we know the pressure's off. We've won the overall championship. So let's let's approach this with no fear whatsoever. No fear at the start of this game. Let's Every final we're nervous and miss really easy shots at the start. Let's get the ball, let's be confident, let's be direct. Let's pour through the middle of them. And let's get the ball straight over the bar to start with. Complete and utter confidence. Not one ounce of doubt in any single man. Have complete and utter belief in your own ability and complete confidence that when you get that ball, we're going to just pile through the middle of them. We're going to do it at speed and we're going to do it in numbers. OK? This is it. Let's finish
6: it. we fine. Come on. Come on, on. on. Back home. Back home. Here, we go. Here we
1: go.
0: In a repeat of their opening game, the Gales are once again up against host Malmo and are determined to maintain their season's 100% clean sweep record. Malmo.
1: Malmo. 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 That's a point. That's a point. That's a No hesitation.
0: Second time round, the game is equally hard fought. That's the one. for That's
5: it. Come That's the one. That's the
1: That's the one. Come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on, to on, the on, on, come That's come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, That's a great ball.
7: Finish it yeah!
0: In the end, Malmo once more proved no match for their old enemy, and Stockholm emerged victorious by a healthy margin of two goals and a point.
1: Bad luck, bad luck.
0: It's been a phenomenal day for the Gales. Having achieved all they set out to on the pitch, they know that off it there's a night celebration ahead still to negotiate. All right,
7: should we get this loaded up in the van? That's a, a fine collection of
2: heads we have there, boys. What do you get, back at? Uh, four, half five. Four, half this five. One is up. Do we want to take the trophies in the van or are we going to put them in the booth? You can
5: bring them in the front with us. The can we bring them in the
2: front? Yeah, I'd rather do that. I don't want that happening to them. They right, sure. have to go back in the cabinet now.
0: Sunday morning, and with everyone feeling the various effects of the day and night before, it's time to head home.
2: Is everybody here? Yeah. Some scattered trophies back there. I'm telling you.
0: Before long, the soothing hum of the engine leaves only those up front, Michael and a noticeably hoarse Philip, awake to assess the weekend.
2: The first time we drove home from Malmo was actually the first tournament we, we, we won and it really shortened the journey because, you know, when you're driving home happy, it's been to be driving home with three in a row after winning it at Malmo, after not losing a game all year, after the girls winning every game and taking their championship too. This is, it only struck me this morning exactly how big this is. When we started off, eight fellas in front of the American football goalpost. Yeah, that never in my wildest dreams did I think we'd even get a team out on the field.
3: Obviously, it's great achievement for the club, and uh, it does show on the journey because it is quite a it's quite a trek up to Stockholm from uh, from Malmo. But uh, what did you think of the whole thing when everybody got together and started playing? You, it is really good. Like obviously, I only started playing a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the, now there's a great atmosphere down there. So. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the weekend. Well worth
2: it coming down. And the other great thing is, by winning everything, all those other clubs who were down there yesterday are going to want to knock us off our perch the very next time they see us. And that makes us raise our game again and again and again. And at some point it will happen. At some point it will happen, but that's not going to be the end of the world.
3: No. It's good for uh, uh, for everyone. if it's, it's a strong competition.
2: You know, I think the future oh, yeah. is safe in your hands, Michael.
3: Yeah, Mayo, you know. You trust the Mayo, man. In front yeah, exactly. In front of
2: the post. It's a joke in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> So happy day. Uh, somebody once said to me, is, you know, when you're winning all these tournaments, when you win you're winning a Scandinavian championship, you know, is it one of those feelings that's better than sex? And I said, well, you know, if you're going to compare sex and Gaelic football, well, then you're doing at least one of them wrong. But it's, it's just to be sitting here, I mean, I'm just these are such fantastic moments to have your mates in this van driving up knowing that every step you ran and every pass you fired out over the sideline and every score you missed that it's all come down to this and that when we needed to do it most which was yesterday that we delivered that we've done it all season and that we've done it together this is a fantastic feeling
0: Tuesday evening, and some of the Gales and their families meet up for an end of season celebratory barbecue at Phillips.
2: lovely. would you go burger, would you say? I wouldn't mind that one. Close your eyes, and <laughs> it'd be like Supermarket Bottom low There you go, lads, there's a whole bunch of chicken. There you go, that's starting to say, is it? Are the girls still in the night? Uh, they are, yeah. It's very hard to get them to move from a Tuesday. <laughs> Doesn't matter, you can offer them barbecues and free beer and everything. No. All on the counter. That's how Run Gordon runs the whole show. Don't mess around. So the girls are trained tonight, but you're sitting here barbecuing. barbecue. We've got training tomorrow night. Recovery,
1: recovery. You're dealing with
2: the elite here. Well, we the Top sport of the
1: weekend, we, get it,
7: we get it? I don't really know. Ah, uh, well, you were claiming? He
1: was claiming. Did you see that
7: fellow? He was claiming. Everyone else told me that. So oh. I just said yeah. Hey, you. know, right? It. He probably said
1: wrote down a little black book somewhere. Yes. So, one of the few times yes. I can say it, but
7: got, to be honest with you, I don't know what I scored. I got, I got three, you know. one out of five shots, and
2: the other one hit hit the crossbar and fell to him, and he knocked it in. So I'm claiming that as an assist as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take long for the conversation to turn to emigration. And that talk is by no means entirely negative.
6: A lot of my friends have left, but some of them are still there. A lot of them are in Dublin at the moment. So, like, I like, I went home like three weeks ago, and I spent a week traveling around Ireland just seeing everyone. So,
0: have many left the
6: country? Uh, oh, nearly half my friends, I'd say. As
2: a matter of interest, are any of your mates playing for any of the clubs in Australia or America? Roughly?
6: Well, yeah, all well, my like, every, all my friends are playing. Okay, it's I every every line one line. of them is any playing some club, but one of my friends who was called up to the Galway squad, uh, basically he went off to Australia. He's playing with ports and he's their star man. Basically, whatever, whenever they're down, he just puts him up full forward, and he drives them over the line every match. Like, okay. and they're all like they want him to stay. Like he he wants to come home next year to play hurling with Galway, but no, they're offering him too much money for jobs and everything just to keep him there, yeah. just to keep the guy, just to keep winning trophies. Basically, it's, it's like more young people come. I'd say the GA will get stronger and. That more just get more skillful and stuff the like faster.
2: that is that fellas like you, you're well educated and that kind of thing you're doing a fairly sure. sort of complicated job you're a great footballer and unfortunately that means that you're not working for some company in Galway or in Dublin and playing for your club now I mean I'm very very grateful to have you here and Jesus I hope they never let you go <laughs> but it means that you know, the clubs back home are missing guys like you and I was up in, uh, in County Dirtygall recently and every night we were on the way home we'd be driving by the football pitch and there's a lovely football pitch up there, Jesus lads we'd give a right arm to have it here never saw a sinner kick a ball in.
5: Yeah, I was home a couple of weeks ago as well or over the summer in July and talking to the, f- to the friends and the clubs around, like they're really
2: struggling for numbers now. Um, clubs that have been to Junior All-Irelands a couple of years ago, now they're going to hardly feel
5: the team. Mm. It's just amazing.
7: I mean, myself and Mollon will probably be back home now if the economy was better and, and stuff. I've, I've been here for six years and I think the first two or two and a half were tough. It's it's hard to... Swedes are great and they're lovely people and everything, but it, the, the language barrier at the start. You go to a party and it's hard to make yourself, hard to get your humour across and and get your your own personality across. Most of the lads here would say that's a good thing, but, uh... <laughs> but it is hard at the start. And, and I think after two and a half years, when I was here, when we were in a position to maybe try it and, and thinking about going back home, then everything kind of went wrong with the economy. And and I'm from Waterford and I wouldn't want to move back and live in Dublin. We need to move to Dublin if we were both to get work. If I move home, I'd want to be near my family and friends. And at the moment, I think Waterford's one of the worst-hit areas. And now that we have our first child as well, the, the benefits for children over here are just so much, so much better. I
1: think you're right to say that
7: too, in, in terms of... Well, sometimes like a lot of us were forced to leave. Like
1: I'm saying, I, mean, I was handcuffed to leave, but when you are forced to leave the country for your wife or your children or the economic thing, when I came here, I think you get your eyes opened up to, to the system that is here where you were talking about your, taking your your uh, parental leave or not. The time you have off, it's unbelievable. Sick like leave, so, medical and school sick leave, and exactly. Your yeah, sick leave, childcare
7: as well costs nothing, you know.
1: Which, I said I have brothers and sisters at home there, and it's costing them a hundred euro a week mm. to put the children in the kindergartens. Two hundred in Dublin. And, and you're I mean, here, as I said, it would cost us hundred euro a month for the mm. two kids. Mm.
2: But then it costs you sixty euro to bring <laughs> one the kids to the GP, whereas yeah. here you walk in and you
7: put hand in your pocket. So, your so that's what I'm game, saying. You know?
1: All them, all them things are, like I said, moving and every side a bit. Home, but there's so many other doors have opened up yeah. because of that.
7: Well, you, you do have that missing home, and that doesn't oh, go, away, go away, even if you compare what you get here. And you know in, in your heart that what you get here is much better for the kids.
2: The yeah. other thing is, Kevin, the, the <laughs> Dublin and I left, and you know, all the lads when you're all together and we're all single, and that doesn't exist anymore. So, what I don't miss is being at home. What I miss is living with my mates in Dublin in 1996 97, where we're all out having the crack. Because exactly. the fact of the matter is that none of my friends live that way anymore. They live nowhere near they can't afford or they couldn't afford to move to where their parents were, so they live out in the source. Now they can't afford to sell their houses because they wouldn't get anything for them. So essentially, you know, if I was to go back to what I missed, it doesn't even exist. So it's not an airplane you want as a tame machine. Exactly,
1: <laughs> so well. it's a never satisfied. Never so well.
2: But then the, when you weigh that up to what we have here now, you know, that day we had on Saturday, you wanna see the big smile on my face driving all the way up <laughs> with all those trophies after taking them off the grass and Balbo jeez, it doesn't get any better.
0: It's been a real eye opener of a week for me. I've seen up close a perfect example of a GAA club abroad benefiting from and also helping many of those who have, for whatever reason, left Ireland for pastures new over the past few years. It's a conundrum Philip fully appreciates. The clubs back home are destroyed, but the converse of that is the clubs like ours, and clubs
2: abroad in Luxembourg and in The Hague and in Australia and in San Francisco, they have any amount of players... We had a tournament this year in Stockholm, we fielded 53 players, 53 players. That's two 11-a-side men's teams, and I think it was either two or three ladies' teams. We had players coming out of the woodwork. Malmo a few years ago had maybe 13 men on the panel, and there's over 30 players. There's a whole new women's team that didn't exist last year. The devastation that's happening to small communities at home is actually, unfortunately, it's benefiting us in the European and the global GAA scene.